Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Yale HealthCasts. I'm Mike Goulet, manager of Allied Health at Yale Health, and your host. Joining me today is Dr. Andrew Gottlin, chief of student health and athletic medicine at Yale Health to talk about meningitis. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you. Thanks for having me. From time to time, we hear reports of meningitis on college campuses. Can you tell us what is meningitis? Well, meningitis is an inflammation of the membranes that surround our brain and our spinal cord. Um, there's several causes of meningitis. Some are caused by bacteria, for example. We'll talk a little bit about bacterial meningitis. Some are caused by viruses, for example, or viral meningitis. So there's different types, but in general, it's an inflammation of that area of the brain and spinal cord. How is meningitis spread? Well, it also depends on the type of meningitis. So for viral meningitis, for example, it's spread much like the common cold is spread. So if you're in close contact with somebody who has viral meningitis, you may be exposed to it from someone who's coughing, for example, or sneezing. But importantly, with viral meningitis, there's a very, very low likelihood that you will develop meningitis should you be in contact with someone with viral meningitis. With bacterial meningitis, however, there's a different mechanism of the way that it's spread, um, and that is also by being in close contact, but it's close prolonged contact, and really in very close proximity, like living with somebody or living in a dorm, for example, um, and it's spread by respiratory or throat secretions, which in more common terms basically means if you share utensils, if you share cups, if you kiss, um, those are very effective ways of spreading bacterial meningitis. So, Mike, I'd just like to point out that bacterial meningitis is much less likely to be transmitted than something, say, like the common cold. So while it does sound a little frightening, some of the things that I mentioned before, I do want to point out that if somebody has bacterial meningitis, you are more likely to catch the common cold from somebody with a cold than you are to catch bacterial meningitis from somebody with bacterial meningitis. Who's at risk for contracting meningitis? Well, there's several populations of people who are at risk. Babies are at risk. Um, their immune systems are not quite fully developed yet, so babies are at risk for meningitis. Um, people who live in congregate housing, so for example, as we're talking about today, college students who live in dorms, for example, are at risk. Military recruits are also people at risk. Um, there's also people with certain medical conditions or trick-taking medications that can suppress their immune system, and they would also be at risk for meningitis. What are the signs and symptoms of meningitis? Well, the signs and symptoms, again, it depends on viral or bacterial, although there is a large overlap. Um, essentially, it is the sudden onset of fever, nausea, vomiting, sensitivity to the light, um, an altered mental status where your friends might be telling you that you're acting a little bit weird or you're a little bit off, for example. And in some cases, you can also develop a rash. And how is meningitis treated? Um, there's different treatments, so it depends on the type. Again, if it's viral meningitis, then there is no specific treatment for most forms of viral meningitis. It's mostly supportive care, and most people will get better on their own in 7 to 10 days without any real intervention other than comfort care, such as Tylenol, rest, lots of fluids. Bacterial meningitis is a different story. It's one that, if not treated early, can cause significant damage to a person. Um, so to avoid that, it's very important that should you have any of the symptoms that we talked about to see a healthcare provider quickly so that antibiotics can be initiated early. So the answer is for bacterial meningitis, antibiotics really are the treatment of choice. 
And most importantly, how can you prevent meningitis? So it is preventable for viral meningitis, much like the common cold. The way that we prevent that is by practicing good hand hygiene, washing our hands a lot, using alcohol-based gels. Um, You can also make sure that if you're coughing or sneezing that you cover your cough, meaning to sneeze into your arm um, and not into your hand. For bacterial meningitis, very importantly, it can be prevented in some cases by vaccination. Um, There are several different types of bacteria that cause bacterial meningitis, so therefore there's several different types of vaccines that one can get in order to become immune to meningitis. So you, again, should see your healthcare professional prior to coming to a place where you think you might be at risk, such as, in this case, coming to college. Andrew, thank you for these valuable and important tips. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been a Yale University HealthCast, sponsored by Yale Health and the Office of Public Affairs. For more information on this and other health topics, visit our website, yalehealth.yale.edu.